Welcome to Two Sides to the Story with Ted and Lori. I'm Lori Hearstetter. And I'm Ted Zaleski. So, I say that a lot at the beginning. <laughs> so. <laughs> you might, if you've been listening, remember an episode where Lori recently interviewed me, talked about books and reading and other odds and ends. Uh, today, we're turning that around, and I'm going to interview Lori. She's been a little worried about what I might ask her. Don't ask about my hair. <laughs> no. <laughs> if I was going to be too hard or dig too deep or something. But I don't think so. But we'll see. Don't make me cry. Don't make you cry. Okay. <laughs> All right. So tell us about an early memory of reading. Maybe mm. as early as you can come up with. This is really fun because I have no idea what you're going to ask, and this is a good one. And immediately something did come to mind for me. Um, my mother read to me at a very early age. And the book that I remember very clearly was called Are You My Mother? And I kind of wish I knew that you were going to ask that question because I would have gone back to look to see, is that a Dr. Seuss book? No. I don't. Do you I know that? So. A, a robin? Uh, it's there's a bird and yeah. the bird is trying to find its mom yeah. and it asks all these different um, animals are you my mother are you my mother right I know the book okay I, we're gonna have to look up afterwards obviously to see what it was but that is I think that is my earliest memory of um, of a book and it was my mom reading it to me um, the other thing I will say is that it wasn't long that my mom was reading to me before we switched it to be, I was reading to my mom. I, I loved to read, I loved reading aloud. I would, um, my poor sister had to like play classroom with me. I wanted to be a teacher at the time and um, I would read aloud and, and it, was, um, it was a very frequent thing. So- I bet you were pretty demanding. Me demanding? Never. <laughs> Anyway, so that's earliest memory of, of reading was for that book. Did you just look it up? Are You My Mother by P.D. Eastman. I would have never guessed that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that is absolutely. Well, but wait, look, look at the top. It's a Dr. Seuss book. He's showing me on his phone because okay. you can't see right now. Well, it's not, so it's, is it part of it? It's not written. Does it, Seuss yeah, but does it say how is it that I read um, that Seuss is up in the, yeah, the I, cat I, in the hat? logo that everybody thinks of associated with Dr. Seuss is up in the corner of the book. I kind of remember that now. I don't know what the story is, but it says, I can read all by myself beginner books. Can I see it again? Oh, yeah. Look at the color. It's two sides teal. <laughs> yes. How cool is that? It all comes around. <laughs> this has been in the works since the beginning. Little did we know. <laughs> so I wrote down a bunch of possible things to talk about, but I definitely okay. did not script this. I had no plan on exactly where this was going. All right. So some of this, I think, is just see where see things where lead us. Mm -hmm. Talk from time to time about going to bookstores and experiencing them, mm -hmm. uh, walking in, yes. walking over, buying the book, and, and leaving. Never. So tell us about what walking into a bookstore is like for you and oh, what happens. Wow. Okay. So 
I'm sure it's different now than it was before the show. Now that we're doing the show and Good Book Hunting is, is sort of an official part of what we do, I have to think that that has changed the way that I approach it. But I'm thinking back to before the podcast and going into a bookstore to kind of give you like what it was just for Lori versus what it is for the show. And um, well, actually, you, you've been with me on a trip like that. We went to Wonder Books long before the idea of the podcast came to be, correct? I think you're right. Yeah. And I, I remember going in there. Hmm, gosh, I was a young mom and searching for the serendipity series of books. And that's when I discovered Wonder. And I would go a bunch of places um, looking for this, these books. And when I say a young mom, not just my son, but um, my stepdaughters, they, they were youngsters. So I was, gosh, hmm, I was probably a girl in my, oh, I'll get the dates and times wrong, but I was a younger woman, <laughs> much younger than I am now. And um, looking for these books, and it was it was the hunt. Before there was good book hunting, there was um, the search for books. And in that point, it was specific. I wanted those particular books. So I was always in the children's book section um, where these um, serendipity book series would be. And they had a very distinct look to them. So it made them sort of easy to find, but easy and wonder is is not it's like jumbo shrimp there's no such thing it's a needle in a haystack and it was only i think helpful to me to locate them because you had to look through hundreds to see if there was and i got a, a keen eye to what it was to find them okay so that's just specifically about hunting books but aside from that and now that we've gone to as many as we've gone to is this uh the feel you get when you when you walk in um, they all have a different experience, I think, for, for the reader, for the shopper. And I guess I should say I, I am a shopper, period. This is not just about books. Um, I enjoy shopping. So the idea of going in and walking out quickly, I'm here to buy this and I'm out, is not my style. Um, I enjoy the experience and, and things like the music, the lighting, the staff, the the conversations that are going on around me, um, that sort of stuff. It's like it's the whole the whole package. So if you work in a bookstore yes. and Lori comes in, just be aware she's watching and listening. <laughs> you make me sound so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, talk about feel and, and people. I remember one used bookstore we went to, mm -hmm. which I won't name. The, the owner was sitting in there and you walked out and said, he's scary. <laughs> yes, there is one recently that, um, yeah, that was, that was not a welcoming place. I felt like that was not a, a spot where I could spend hours and, and get lost in the racks. It was, you know, go get what you want and get out. And I did not spend much time in that one. So <laughs> didn't have the right vibe for me. So you went in your mind to Wonder Books and searching for serendipity, mentioned your son and your stepdaughters. Yeah. So um, tell us about some memories now of reading to kids. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So um, how many books have I read to the kids years? So, so, so many. Um, everyone loved to read and everyone loved to be read to. So it was common. 
Um, it was very common at bedtime. It was a way to extend bedtime. One more book, mommy, one more book. Um, it, it was a great way to get um, my little one on my lap and um, get some quality time just, just hanging out together. And I think for me, when they started being the ones to read was very cool. Um, Shelly in particular, there was a book that, um, that she had memorized, and this was actually before I was in her life, but she was reading before she was actually reading. You know, kids can memorize what's happening in the book without um, really being able to read. So it looked like she was reading, and the book was called No, No, Nikki, and it was a kitty cat, and that's about the extent of what I can remember. But um, reading to kids, having kids read to me, it's, uh, it's bliss. Which I bet is on your list. <laughs> what else did you want to ask about that with the reading? Did I cover it? Oh, sure. no, no destination in mind. Okay. Yeah, I just think as you were talking there, I remember a book my daughter liked when she was little, the Berenstain book called yes. the, the Honey Hunt or the Big Honey Hunt. Mm -hmm. They're looking for honey and keep making mistakes. Mm. And there were certain places where they'd say wrong kind of tree mm -hmm. and she she used to get all excited there wrong kind of tree wrong kind of tree <laughs> how many books do you think you own that you have not read mm. well not john waters i don't have ten thousand books how many books do i own that i have not read oh that's hard i'm gonna i'm gonna have to just rough guess it Maybe, maybe two dozen. That's really difficult to say. I'm going to have to get back to you on that as a, a real number because this is really just a, a wag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say two dozen. Yeah, for whatever it says, I'm, I'm guessing for me, it's probably more like 200. <laughs> it's not. I don't have that many books. No, no, no. Me. Oh, <laughs> oh, you. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, I wasn't. Yeah. Am I allowed to flip the script? Can I ask you questions tonight? Oh, you're giving me that look. No, no, you already had your turn. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Back to you. You can ask. Um, I don't have one right now, but oh. I'm going to hold that in case something comes to me. Okay, so this is a Patty Callahan kind of thing? No, it just wouldn't have, it wouldn't have struck me to ask you the same question about how many books do you have that you have not read. Got it. Okay, we've, we've talked about ideal bookshelves. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the way... It occurred to me that Laurie and I had different ideas about ideal bookshelf. I remember talking about that in episode. Mine was, what are the books that you want on your shelf because you know you like them, you know you would want to read them again. Mm -hmm. And Laurie's was more an aspirational thing. What are the books that she wants to read? What are the books that she wants to take her somewhere, teach her something? Mm -hmm or categories of books that will do that. Yes. Sometimes it's not an exact title, but a search for a title. Right. Mm -hmm. So today mm -hmm. I want you to think in terms of my idea of an ideal bookshelf. Okay. So books, you know, yes. you already know you, you like and, and want. Okay. What are, what are some books that would be on your ideal bookshelf? Uh, do they have to be books I've read or are they, well, I guess it doesn't have to be, as okay. long as it's 
more the idea that's a book I know I want, mm -hmm. not something that you might go find because you're looking for something. Okay. Well, I think it's evolving for me. I think um, I'm always in search of what I'll call life-changing books. And maybe that's come up before in a blog post or in an episode that we've talked about. But, you know, books that hit you at the right time in life that they just have meeting um, that, you know, was a, a bit of a turning point, life-changers. Or ones that um, have enough of a message that they're going to be important to you in the future. More of a reference book. Something that you're going to read, but you're going to read it again. That you'll want to refer back to, whether it's cover to cover or just a section. Or you need an inspiration or, or you need a reminder of something. So I think my ideal bookshelf has has both of those. The life-changing books that are um, one that I think I'm going to uh, want for life or, or ones that hit me at an important time in life. So there's a, a variety of those. Um, you know them. We've talked about a couple of them. I'll just mention a few. Big Magic is definitely one. When I'm looking to be in a creative zone, that's that's a great go-to for me. Elizabeth um, Gilbert. Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, Gift of the Sea is one that I, I think is going to be um, one that I go to for, for a lifetime. It hit me at the right time. And the message was one that I needed then. And I think I will need again. Ann Lindbergh. Yes. Um, very recently, there is, I, I don't know that this is like the only book that meets this, but it's the most recent book that I read that meets it, is the ones that are like knock your socks off commencement speeches um, that have a great message. They're short, um, but they're powerful. Not a lot of words, but the words all matter. And the most recent one was Make Your Bed, which was recommended by a friend of mine. And um, I, I think that one would be on the shelf right now. Um, I also know that there are others that are similar to that. Um, and then the other thing I will say about the ideal bookshelf for me is what I said a few minutes ago on categories, like um, a project I'm working on um, is, is a personal development book called, um, well, it started out as being Building Bliss. And in order to achieve it, now I'm calling it a little book of bliss, a mini book that is sort of an approach to life. Um, and the, we can go into detail about that if you like. But the bottom line is that there are areas of your life People think of um, work-life balance, your personal life and your professional life. Well, it goes deeper than that. For me, there are at least five categories. And so for me, my ideal bookshelf would need to have a book from each of those categories. So that's sort of the vision of the ideal bookshelf, but it's evolving all the time for me. And as you often do, everything you just talked about was nonfiction. <laughs> Oh, I didn't mention all the kids' books I love. <laughs> uh, Serendipity, mm -hmm. Little Miss, mm -hmm. Mister. Uh, I'm thinking there's a, at least a couple fiction books that might make it onto the shelf. Uh, the Little Prince. I think you're absolutely right. I think I default to nonfiction. And maybe the way I was thinking of that is ideal bookshelf for me is the grown-up Lori. And then there's another on the lower shelf <laughs> where the little Lori can reach all of the kids' books that I love. And that's a very long list as well. What about uh, Beyond the Wardrobe? Does that make it? Mm. I love that book, but it's not a typical book for me because sad things happen. 
it's funny. I was just having this conversation with a friend at the gym this morning and she was like, yeah, I don't want to read anything where bad things happen too. This is my list, not hers, but children, old people, um, animals. I just, I generally don't like scary books. I, I usually don't like sad endings. Um, I don't like where I'm going to cry in it, you know? So um, they don't come to the top of my list. Doesn't mean they're, I, so I don't know if that one would make it or not. But again, I'm a work in progress on reading. Not as evolved as you, not a black belt yet. <laughs> yes, and there, there, ha there has been evolution. Uh, Lori's starting point is still very, very clear, but uh, we have seen some movement. Um, oh, okay, I know what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. So a conversation we've had from time to time, and maybe one of the very early conversations about books and reading was fiction, nonfiction, purpose, pleasure. Yes. And this is not unique to me. There are plenty of other people who made this argument. Um, in fact, John Waters even made this argument in a way. He said he did? something like, um, you don't think you can learn from fiction or fiction is not real. And he said, stupid. Mm. Um, but I will argue that there's potentially just as much to take from a, a good work of fiction as mm -hmm. there is for a good work of nonfiction. Of course, there's bad books in both categories, but, um, how are, how are you feeling about that idea these days that there there is learning to be done from fiction that you can develop by reading fiction. I, I definitely think my thoughts on that have evolved. And even, I mean, I mean, a bit of a contradiction because, you know, yes, my default is nonfiction. But how much in this show since October have we talked about children's books for me? So clearly I've got both sides covered. It's just evolving as to what I see as being... Um, the, uh, the list of fiction is growing. It might have been primarily about children's books for me, where fiction was concerned. And now there are fiction titles that, that I like or that I'm looking to read um, that are not children's books. They're, they're grown-up books. <laughs> um, but I think for me, it's always about learning more than it is about entertainment so um, I think that's why I feel the way that I do about it. I, I don't know that I've yet read a book that's a grown-up book that is just about entertainment only. Even So a good example would be um, Etta, Otto, Russell, and James, fiction. Um, but even in it, it wasn't just pleasure reading. It was pleasurable to read, but I got something out of it that I took as like a life learning lesson, someone on a journey, actually multiple people on a journey, and the relationships of these characters and things that happened to them along the way. So I guess I still think that my, my compass points towards purpose, <laughs> but um, I am enjoying reading more, even fiction, and not just children's books. Well, I'm, I'm glad you went there, because it's really kind of the, the 
point that I make mm -hmm. is that reading fiction doesn't have to be about pleasure. It mm -hmm. can be about purpose. Yes. If you're picking the right purpose. Sure. I would say that for anybody. I mean, I understand that this is, you know, we did a Ted side of the story. This is Lori's side of the story. But for me is always, what are we giving the audience? I know you and I've had that conversation a lot. So anybody who's listening, I mean, how much do you really care about Lori's reading? Or is it more about what is it that, that we say in our conversations that might inspire what somebody else chooses to do with their reading? I, I think it's always a matter of finding the right book. And the right book for me is not necessarily going to be the right book for you or anybody else who's listening. It's just be curious enough to find the right book for you. So I hope that's what happens with the show. You know, we've kind of touched on this a little bit at other times and today. Mm -hmm. If I say, why do you read? And not looking just for an answer, I want to learn something. Mm -hmm. Why do you read? Well, you can call me on if you think this is too close to learning, but I would say to understand, to understand something about myself or about um, something that I'm, I'm trying to be more knowledgeable about. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to dig deeper into that. No, we can. We can You're going to leave that there? Okay. Smart man. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking as you were answering, if somebody asked me, why do I read? Yeah. I think my response would be, well, why don't you ask me, why do I breathe? <laughs> yeah, there'd be no yes. difference for me. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we both, clearly we're both passionate about it. Different reasons and, and different levels. I don't know that I would answer it the same way as you to say, well, why do I breathe? It's not, it's not that important to me, but it's definitely an, an important part of my life. When we talked to John Waters, one thing that came up, a quote of his, mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly the quote, but basically the idea was uh, being wealthy means being able to walk into a bookstore and pick up any book you want without having to think about how much it costs. Love that. Now, you talk about being a shopper and that you oh, enjoy yes. shopping. You're also a shopper in the sense that you're looking for price. I love a bargain. So how much do you think you'd be willing to pay oh, for no. a book? <laughs> Have I won the lottery or not? <laughs> I'm very practical. Um, and I guess I'm not great. I've had friends call me out on this. Um, I'm not good at, treat, at treating myself. So... I, I would think of, is this extravagant? So how do you put a price tag on a book? You know, what is it worth? What do you get out of it? And unless you've read it at the library and learned that you love it, then you know its value to you. I guess you walk out of a, a bookstore with, with a book not having any idea of what it's going to mean, what impact it's going to have in your life. Is it a life changer? I think it's hard for me to to say what I would pay until I know what's in it. So that's, that's just me. It's the same thing with shopping for anything else. I enjoy the purchase a whole lot more when I walk out of there and the receipt says, you saved $72.13 today. <laughs> 
<laughs> just part of the experience. But as you know, as everyone knows, uh, we've made a point in the show of saying support local independent bookstores. And I, um, you know, I, I can't say that and, and be the economist about all of these things and be that practical. I, I do think it's important to, um, to support our local businesses, bookstores, an important one of those. And I so I think this show and some of the conversations that we've had with bookstore owners, one in particular, um, my Virginia trip, um, it, you see a shop owner and you sit down and you talk with them. And I spent almost an hour with um, Jim Lane um, at his bookstore, The Book Nook, in Kilmarnock, Virginia. And um, a lot of places are getting very creative about how to turn their bookshop into a community center and getting people coming in. And that's not happening for him. And we talked and it was clear that he may... He may close his doors, making the decision about whether to do that or when not to do that. And so then my practical frugal side goes right out the window and I want to go in and buy all the books from him. So, um, yeah, that's evolving for me as well. And, you know, on our good book hunting trips that we've made, uh, clearly purchased more books than than I have. I purchased all the books. <laughs> no, that's not true. You have, I have definitely bought more than you. But the majority of them I have bought at um, used bookstores that have like a dollar bin and there's a lot to be had and I give them as gifts for friends and things of that nature. So uh, I am being frugal about it. So when they see how many books we've purchased, it looks like a big number. And I'm Lori, it's not a big number. <laughs> Talk about some books that are important to you. Mm -hmm. If for some reason your your house is on fire, oh my goodness! You can take one book. <laughs> What's your book? Oh, that's too hard. Pass. I don't think I can do it. All right. Um, okay, you said I could ask you. Which one would you take? That's a hard question. You have almost 10,000 books like John Waters. Yeah, no, so which one would you grab? I, I don't have that many. And it's a, it's a bit of a cheat, but I actually do have, have an answer. I, uh, I would take the, the Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, that's, that's the book books I've read, mm -hmm. reread mm -hmm. more than anything. I actually went from the time that I first read it. I was probably 17, 16 years old. Mm -hmm. I read it every year for about 25 years. Mm. Slowed down after that, but I have read it again more than once. When's the last time you read it? Has it been a while? I'd have to go back into the list, but in the last five years. Okay. But not since we've done this podcast, obviously. I'd be curious no. if you read it now, you know, in the next six months or so, that definitely is worthy of a blog post. You know, what does it hit you different every time? Is it new every time? Do you pick up something that you didn't see in the previous 25 times that you um, that you read it? I don't know. I think we should have a discussion about that the next time you read it. All right. 
<laughs> we talked about visiting a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Now, what about a library? Mm-hmm. You walk in the door and what do you what do you do? I love it. I could spend all day in a library. Um, I think it's when you go into a bookstore store, you you do feel like you want to buy something. You don't want to be there and take up the space for an hour, two hours, or whatever you're going to be there, and not walk out with something. At a library, you feel free to just explore. It's like it's like a treasure hunt. You know, the Good Book Hunting is so appropriately titled. I will forever be grateful for Lisa for coming up with that for us. That um, it's it really does define what happens, you know, and especially in a library because I feel like I can take as much time as I want. Um, it also often is the right environment um, to to read or to think or to write. It just has that. Um, welcoming sort of um, feeling, and it, it's a place to be surrounded by words. So um, I, I, you said, what is it like walking in, into a library for me? It is, it's a journey. It's going in, and um, sometimes I go around to the shelves, and it's usually about what grabs my eye. Um, I usually end up with quite a few books. I try to read at least a page or two of each to decide if they're staying with me as I'm going from shelf to shelf. And I spare, I think I I spend a fair amount of time um, on the computers. Our Carroll County Public Library System has a great search feature. So you can go and you can look up on the computer and see, pick, pick a category, pick a topic, search to see what um, titles of that topic are in that branch. You can, um, you know, then I can go find it. And uh, sometimes it, it's that searching that leads me to something. I may not be looking for one in particular, but I'm looking for a, a category. And um, doing that search often leads me to undiscovered books. You know, you um, talked about how you'll read a few pages and a number of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, another difference in how we approach things, I, I rarely will open up a book. You know, if I'm looking in the, in the library, you know, uh, I'll see the cover or see the author topic, say, that looks interesting. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't typically you know, flip through it to see what, see what it looks like first. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember... Well, I guess you remember something. What's the first library you remember? Hmm. It's probably the Westminster branch, the which is Davis. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, absolutely. In fact, we lived downtown Westminster when I was younger, and I remember going in there. So that is definitely the earliest remem- memories for me of a, of a library. That was uh, before the... Carroll County Public Library System became what it is. It I would not have known that. Wow. It was in an old. old church. It <laughs> uh, now houses a, a, a trophy and engraving. Yes, place. I love the building. Every time we go past it, I think of that. We should take a picture of that for the show. I'll, I'll do that before we do the Instagram post and say that the show is out there. I think anybody who's not familiar, it, it's got that that look to it. It's, it's pretty special. 
So the Westminster branch of the Carroll County Public Library, which is sitting on top of us where we are in Exploration Commons, yes. opened, I believe, in 1980. Hmm. And they did this thing where they had people check out piles of books from the Davis Library, walk down the street, which is just a three, four blocks, yeah. maybe, yeah. and then return them to the new branch of the Westminster Library. Wow. To uh, get the get the books moved. Now, you asked me the question about my earliest memory of being in a library. I would not have been able to told, tell you how old I am. Um, but if this opened in 80, I was five years old in 80. So that's actually a pretty early memory that I'm recalling of the old location. Anything specific you can remember about that library? I don't know if this is just outside or it's also inside, but obviously from the outside, there's like the marble sort of look. I feel like there's marble inside too. That's the only thing that vaguely is coming to me. Um, but do you remember? Is there marble inside too? I think so. Yeah, that's the only thing that stands out. My first library was actually a bookmobile. Oh, really? <laughs> came to you know the... what? I think we may have had this conversation. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Catonsville? No? Oh, no, this was in uh, Ohio. Oh, I'm way off. But I I feel like we've had the bookmobile conversation. I might be confusing some stories that we've told each other. Yeah, could be. Yeah. It came to the kind of the backside of the block that I lived mm. on. Had to walk partway around the block to, to go to it. Mm. Name a few writers that mean something to you, you would recommend to people? Stephen Cosgrove, that's Serendipity Series. Um, that's the first one that comes to mind. Oh gosh, I'm gonna do all the kids stuff. I gotta get out of that zone. But um, Shel Silverstein, mm -hmm. The Giving Tree. Sure. Um, I don't think of myself as like a big poetry person, but you know, that one, that one really resonates with me. Is that considered poetry? I don't really know. It when I think of it, I I picture that. Like there aren't a lot of words on the page and it's it's set up more like that sort of a structure. I, I Where the sidewalk ends is also his and I'm thinking along those lines of what well, we might have to do a little research on this one. Um yeah, I, I like to plan, and this is not planned, and I don't have all my thoughts together about some of these memories that you're having me recall. Or so, getting pushed out of her comfort zone. Yes, area. well, some of it might just be getting mixed up. I'm not. I'm probably not getting all my facts right, so it's it's just a discredit to the author when I can't get it right. Um, what else? Other authors. Well, I love Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, you know, Big Magic is, is the, the way that she wrote that, it just, it really speaks to me. I love, I love her writing style and I'm, I'm looking forward to reading more of her. What is your favorite place, or maybe there's more than one, to read? It is more than one. Uh, if it's at home, I really like to read outside um, on my deck with a drink, sometimes music playing in the background, but it can't be music with words. It's got to be just instrumental. Um, if I'm out, I really like to read in a library. Um, 
it could also be like, you know, a coffee shop, but it can't be one that's like a Panera where people are coming and going constantly. Um, it has to be one where it's, it's quiet and there aren't a lot of, of activity going on. Um, I love reading on vacation. If I'm going to do some serious reading, that's generally where it happens. Um, occasionally I read in bed, um, but I'm not a night person at all. And um, I go to bed like an old lady at the time I go to bed. <laughs> so usually if I end up reading in bed, it's um, I end up falling asleep with a book in my hand. Well, we've actually... We've covered all uh, your questions. Gone through more than I expected mm. that we would. I must not be chatty tonight. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> uh, I think I'm giving you some things that made you think more than just talk. You definitely made me think, yes. So uh, what else would you tell people about you and books and reading that maybe hasn't come up already? Mm. Well, maybe, I don't know if this has not come up already. I think it has come up already. But it's how I see myself and my role in the show. Um, you are much more well-read than, than I. You can rattle off all sorts of authors and books and um, details that, that I don't have. And I remember when you asked me about joining you in this, that was one of my first thoughts. One is, I don't know if I have the time. And two was, I don't know what I have to contribute as far as what do I, how, what do I have to tell people about reading and books? I'm no expert. And, um, you know, I think we talked about a bunch of different potential names for the show and two sides to the story really is perfect. I think for us, um, we're, just different perspectives, different backgrounds, different places in life, different personalities, and our, our journey of reading. Our, we're just in very different places. I said a few minutes ago about you having the black belt. I don't know what the first level belt is, um, but I would, I would say I'm one of the early colors. So I think I've gone from feeling like, gosh, should I be up here speaking about this? to now that we're six months in, now that I've talked to friends um, outside of this and learning how I've influenced their reading, I'm still a novice, but I think it makes me maybe more approachable um, in some ways to the people that are listening who aren't readers. You know, uh, this isn't, um, this isn't college of reading, you know, this is beginner's course in reading for some of us. I, I'm sure there are just as many people listening that are, are more your level and would love to hear more about what Ted read. Um, but for the other part, the two sides, my side is the, the folks who are maybe just getting started. Now, books have been part of my life for a long time. We've talked about that this evening. But the way in which they've been part of my life and, and the bigger part that they're becoming in my life is, I think, um, fun for me. But it's nice to share because I, I would like to think that it might inspire others to, to take a, their own journey. And, and I've also said that for a while now about we're just two sides to the story. And, and I love hearing 
where other people are going with, with reading, um, maybe somewhat in part because of our show. So we, yep, there I go again. So I'm sure there are things I see over and over again, too. I'm sure our friends will let us know which, what things we're overusing. Some of Laurie's life, her reading life, what motivates her, maybe what doesn't in some cases. Not sure where we go from here with this. We've each asked things of each other. Yeah. Oh yeah, you talked about, can, I, can you ask a question? Did yeah. you come up with a question you want to ask? Today? I asked you the one, is what brook are you taking uh, when your house burns down? Right. I was very curious to hear that answer because I still don't have one for myself. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So maybe we will revisit some of this another time after we've done other things, other things have changed, maybe focus this more than, than this has been. But for today, that was a little look into Lori. Remind you that you can visit our website at two sides to the story.com. The second two is a digit. Uh, you can email us at two sides to the story at yahoo.com. Find us on Google and Apple and Spotify. And Lori talks sometimes about the show notes, which are on those places, but not on our website, if those are things that you're, you're looking for. Uh, we hope you'll be listening. We hope to hear from you. Like to hear ideas from you. And, you know, ideas off the meeting... We're talking about what we like and how we do things. We'd like to hear, what do you like? What are your recommendations? Later, I should read that maybe I haven't run into to yet. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't buy as many books as I used to, but I still read a lot, sometimes buying, sometimes borrowing from the library. I'm open, open to finding things. Any last thoughts, Lori? Mm. Well, as you're saying that, you said, you know, where do we go from here on, you know, the getting to know Lori, getting to know Ted thing. Um, I, I think it's, for me, the show is become more fun as more people have gotten involved in it. And I know I asked you um, your favorite episode so far when I interviewed you. And I expected that you might ask me that question. So I thought about what my favorite episodes were. Okay. So the most recent one was the Joe show. I really liked the Joe show episode. And prior to that, my favorite was our interview with our friend Annette with uh, Penguin Random House. And what they have in common is that it was not just about our two sides. It was about somebody else's side and the interaction with them and people that we are friends with and how books and reading have mattered in their lives has just been, that's been one of the coolest things about this show for me is the people we've met, the people that we've gotten to know better, and um, the stories that we're learning about the story outside of the book, um, to me, is the most exciting part of the show. And I'm looking forward to see where that, where that goes. You know, and Annette and Joe, as readers, couldn't be much different. You're right. Annette's more like you, and Joe's more like me. 
Um, in fact, Joe's probably, you know, I, I'm above Joe on the reading scale at the moment. And that's beyond me. Yeah. You know what? I think she probably is. So yeah, all spectrum. And that, to me, that's just the interesting part. This show is only so interesting when it's just Laurientet. I think that, um, I see that is what it turns into in the future. What's the next update? Well, it, it'll be about a story, not really about you and me. It'll be about other people in our lives um, because of what this show has provided us as a forum for doing something interesting, um, promoting literacy, supporting local independent bookstores, finding life-changing books is, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's been great. Really enjoying what we're doing. Well, there's a lot more to come. We're sorting through all kinds of episode ideas saying, what do we do next? I uh, don't know what to tell you that's going to be yet, but stay tuned. Plenty more coming. As always, enjoy your reading.